0: Hi, I'm David Smith. I am the co-author of Good Guys, How Men Can Be Better Allies in the Workplace. And on today's episode, we're gonna start with how guys can be better allies at home. Yep, gender equity starts at home. We're to be doing more there, guys. And then how are you gonna be better public advocates? How do you advocate for people who don't look like you and then finally, hey, how do we build back better? As we think about how do we take what we've learned in the pandemic and, and apply it to the workplace, let's go there. Welcome back to the second part of our
1: delicious conversation with Dr. David Smith and Dr. Brad Johnson. They are the co-authors of Good Guys, How Men Can Be Better Allies for Women in the Workplace and their previous book, Athena Rising, How and Why men should mentor women. Um, they were previously with us for Athena Rising on a previous episode about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. You can go back through the, uh, through the episodes and find that fabulous episode. It really was and has um, made a great deal of difference. And I hear back from people all the time about how much that episode really impacted them. So I encourage you to go back in that uh, Again, these are the dynamic, what I call the dynamic duo of men championing women in the workplace. They are the good guys, and they are author of good guys. So let's jump back into part two of our conversation because you know we've covered a lot in here, and you know we've talked about um, understanding what men have got to do to to bring themselves up. And the first question I want to sort of jump in back with is you know, uh, Brad, you brought up that we need to educate ourselves. But again, that seems a bit of a big umbrella. It seems a little too difficult to sort of for many men to get their head around. So when you say educate ourselves, what specifically does that mean for you?
2: Yeah, great question, Dove. And you know, the self-education thing I I think can take many forms, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's the, there's the private side of this, right? I I can get on and watch all kinds of, uh, you know, Dove Baron podcasts that deal with gender equity. And there there are a lot of podcasts out there that do this.
1: Um,
2: I can, I can get on and read. I mean, there's so much, if you just Google gender equity or better male allyship, you're going to get all kinds of actionable stuff that you can start showing up and doing tomorrow. How about reading some stuff on the headwinds that the average woman faces in the workplace? So you get a better appreciation and some empathy about, you know, the the challenges and the hurdles that women often face. And then when you're done with that, how about drilling down and actually looking at the experiences of women of color and black women and LGBT Uh, folks who identify as female and start to learn a little bit more about their experiences that are quite unique. So you broaden your your sort of uh, awareness of gender issues. So once you've done that, how about then start looking to opportunities to show up in person at events in your workplace, right? Because chances are your company has got gender events, there's a women's network, the women's ERG. I encourage men to go to those events. Could you, you, does your women's ERG allow men to join or to come to events? What a great opportunity for me to show up and learn. And And that's key. I am not gonna go to a women's conference or a women's ERG and start talking. I'm gonna show up and listen. I'm gonna listen and learn and stay the whole time and then maybe when the moment is right, I might ask the question, "Hey, what could I do? How could I contribute here?" But I'm not going to presume that I start speaking for women or tell women how to do gender equity. I want to show up with the right attitude, with that self-education, and demonstrate I really want to understand. Uh, so those are the two things: the public and the private piece so, of self-education. So I get
1: that. I get that um, showing up, listen and learn. Okay. But talk to us about the, you know, being a sort of out loud, outspoken sponsor for women, because that's different. That's that's another level. Can you give us a bit of guidance around that? Because I think that, again, men just don't know what it's like. It's not that they're bad guys. They just don't know what to do.
0: Yeah, and the the sponsorship piece, I think, is is really critical. This is the piece, and and in particular, mentoring too, right? The idea that there's an advocacy function often that comes with mentoring as you begin to understand where people's career goals are and their strengths and, and placing them and challenging them and providing opportunities when you're in a position to be able to do that. Mentors can do that really well. But then, you know, in other cases, it's just, you know, as a peer or maybe as a formal sponsor, is thinking about who are the people that I'm advocating for? Do they all look like me, right? In, mm. in particular, formal relationships. And that, that that's pretty common. Again, a very human trait that we tend to, again, walk yep. together and, and we tend to promote people who look like us. And that's very natural. So we have to be deliberate and purposeful thinking about our networks in particular, who's in there from a mentoring and a sponsoring and how am I advocating for people of diversity in my organization? I think there's a lot of great, best practices. We think about how to do that. Um, Brad and I love to, to share, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase has a program where, you know, a while back they recognized that they were recruiting and hiring all of these talented women, um, but they just weren't promoting and advancing them in the same way and certainly weren't retaining them in the same way that they did for men. And one of the things they found was that there weren't enough men as whether they were as formal public advocates or more informal public advocacy there, and they said so, they created this challenge, this uh, 35-1 challenge, 36 minutes a week, and take 30 minutes each week, and you're just uh, spending time getting to know one of your female colleagues, one of these junior mm. female women out there, high potential talent, getting to understand her career goals and dreams, challenges, things that are going on, and you know, really developing that awareness piece that we're talking about here, and then spend five minutes a week. Uh, congratulating a woman on her achievements, her accomplishments, milestones, things that are going on in her in her career, and then spend one minute a week in settings where she's not there, which often happens in all, you know, where it's all guys there in the room, talking to senior people about her accomplishment, her achievements, and really kind of promoting and, and doing that public, public advocacy piece. And again, very informal, 36 minutes a week, really easy to take that pledge and to, to step into that. But so many times we find that, you know, this information is being siloed, right? The opportunities that are out there, the, the, uh, the challenges, the next jobs, and, and we're just not, we're not thinking about women and seeing them in the same way. And that perception piece I think is really important here.
1: Yeah, that is, that that's very good. Um, so standing up for speaking out for that's, you know, mentoring, sponsoring. I love mm-hmm. that. But, you know, you guys come at this from a, um, by the way, I love edgy stuff. So there's an edgy piece in here that you are, you guys have put forward, which is going to take a uh, the courage. we talked about earlier, rather right beginning the, the courage and the courage to look in the mirror, which is you talk about that equity starts at home. Talk to us yeah. about that because I think that I think that guys can put on a performance that they can't hold at home, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not sure they can hold it at work because I think women do see through it, but they yes. think they're holding up that yeah. performance. So talk to us about that piece because that's the edge, and I love that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll start. I know Dave's got stuff to say on this too, Dub. But, you know, we we're often we're out speaking, right? Since good guys came out, we're speaking yeah. and guys say, hey, all right, hoorah, I'm ready to jump in, ready to be a male ally. And our message to them is, hey, dude, you don't get to show up at work and throw on the male ally cape, you know, and say, I'm here, ladies, you're, you're fine now. If Hold on, let me not- rip
1: open my shirt
2: and show you the Right. Yeah. You don't get to do that. Actually, this work begins at home. And the reason we say this is, you know, the right now, if a woman is partnered with a male and they're both working full-time, the data shows that she's doing two to three times the amount of domestic work, childcare, homeschooling. This is stuff that often defaults to women. And I mean, it's just logical, and this is something men need to get, we're never going to get to gender equity in the workplace if men are not showing up as allies at home. If you're not pulling your full weight and you're partnered with a woman, you're not doing 50% at least of all the stuff that goes into running a home, how is she ever going to take full advantage of opportunities in the workplace? It's just not going to happen. So this is a hard lesson for us men. And and here's a message to all the guys listening today. If you're not sure, if you're partnered with a woman and you're not sure you're doing this, go home today and do what Dave and I call a domestic audit, meaning ask her, am I doing my full share? And then when she tells you, hell no, you got work to do, don't get defensive. Just say, okay. Okay. I got work to do. What can I start doing to show oh, up? Well, you mean today? we can't
1: say, but I'm tired and my boss is an <laughs> ass and it's so <laughs>
2: exhausting. That, that, that's not gonna work. I'm afraid that's not carrying any water with your yeah. with your partner. <laughs> no. yeah.
0: And it's, you know, and Dove, it's it's not just the, you know, we think we tend to kind of focus in on the kind of the transactional physical tasks of, of housework and child care. But it's not just that it's it's also the cognitive and emotional labor that goes with that and i and i would suggest that i know i know personally brad and i've talked about this many times this can be one of the hardest things i think for a lot of us too if we're trying to be better allies at home to be better at and this cognitive emotional labor is the the constant tracking of information of lists of organizing things so Keeping if you got kids, keeping track of their their sizes as they're growing, right? So we had one guy in an interview, told us, like, yeah, you know, uh, here I am thinking of being an ally. And I got the kids one day, and I'm out, I'm out, I'm out shopping, and I saw, hey, they got winter coats on sale. This is awesome. The kids need new winter coats. I'm gonna get them new winter coats. What size do you wear? Uh oh, I don't know. Oh, let me text my wife and ask her. <laughs> Ally fail, right? It's right. like, oh, I can't know. That fucking leaks, lists. buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, and in the organizing of family things, there's so much that goes on. And so, one of the things that you can think about this is kind of a if you have a task that you're you're taking you're trying to take full responsibility on. Think about what are the emotional cognitive pieces of this that I need to be tracking, the list that I need to be keeping, the things that I need to be organizing because you need to have the whole thing, not just part of it. And you know, one of our good friends and colleagues, Eve Rodsky, who wrote the book Fair Play, you know, she talks about this and about how guys in particular can be better at doing this and how we can take full responsibility. And thinking about the, I think you mentioned this idea about time, right? Valuing time the same way, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, how much money you make, how much money I make when we're, from our paid jobs, you know, time is time and we got to value it the same. And that's where we're going to begin moving and shifting things at home because so much, you know, you asked about the why decades later, you know, ha- are we still talking about this? Well, because, you know, women flocked into the workplace after the sixties and in the seventies after and made such huge changes. And even in education too, right. Where they earn more, way more degrees than we do as guys today. Yep. But why the Delta? Well, guess what? There were some men who went back to be stay at home dads and to do, and, and men have done, are doing a little bit more at home these days, but not in the, not in the same numbers that women are doing from a paid work. And so women are are carrying that double shift. And of course, during the pandemic, it's been the triple shift with the homeschooling.
1: Yeah, 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 that's very true. Um, so, you know, for me, it's, it's interesting because um, as you guys know, I came here from Australia, but I was brought, born in the UK and spent time in Europe. Uh, and it seems like North America, particularly the US, has a very different mentality around these things. Like the maternal paternal leave for uh, childcare in Europe is, is nothing like what it is in the U S. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's a, there's a wonderful joke. You've probably seen it. And it's that, um, somebody sends a message to a French guy. Um, and he says, Oh, I'm away. I'll be, I'll, I'll be back in September. And uh, and somebody sends uh, an equal level. The executive is sent a message from one of his team, uh, and he and he says, "Oh, I'm in having kidney surgery, but you can reach me by my cell phone. I'll be back in work in two hours." (laughs) And and it's that, but it's that mentality, Mm yes, right, that is that is also passed over into in women. You know, you want equality. Then have a baby, pop a baby out and come back to work. And you know, yeah. it's that yeah. same thing, right? It's this yeah. using equality as brutality. So can you can you can you guys address that a little bit? Because I think a lot of guys might be watching Think, yeah, well, women want equality as long as it's on their terms.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know, part of that's the caregiving piece, in particular, Dove. I think the the fact that you know this idea that as men as being in paid work that we don't have caregiving responsibilities, which we all know is not, that's not, that's not the fact. The fact is we, we all do have caregiving responsibilities. And in many cases, you know, men want to be more involved in doing some of this. Maybe not some, but a lot do. Well, there's a lot of people today, you know, dads out there who want to be more involved and it's harder because the workplace is set up, it's stigmatizing, you know, to take parental leave. I mean, People, you know, you, you get the messaging from your boss that, well, I know we have a parental leave policy, but you're not going to really take it or you're not going to take all of it for sure. Uh, right. So you get that kind of messaging or that it's not okay to, to, to leave early to miss a meeting because you got a sick kid at home or you need to take to the doctor. Well, don't you have a wife? <laughs> Why can't she do that? Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, you know, women so don't is get what i'm saying. that question. Why is your challenges... husband taking the kid?
1: This is what I'm saying. I think that the challenge is at a, like it's one thing for each of us to be better advocates and better allies Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. And even to uh, potentially take or talk about taking the, uh, the the parental leave to, you know, your wife's home with the new baby. And, you know, I mean, we just had a new grandchild five months ago. My son took, you know, took his month off and he's like, he said to me, I'm exhausted. Oh, my God, I can't wait to go back to work. Right? I'm exhausted. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, something. your wife is going to be continuing on with this. So, you know, he's pretty amazing, actually, but it's this understanding. So there's also that other level of it, which is as founders and CEOs and leaders who are listening to us, like, I, I want to get to them. I want them to understand this. Yes. How do we have them create this understanding of allyship, not just of women, but of people who want to uh, be the nurturer or, you know, because I hope that we realize more than ever that children need their dads, not just their moms and dads to nurture, not just dads to, hey, I'm daddy's home, but to nurture that we know the neuroscience is there on it, the, the, the research is there on it, that babies need their fathers as well as their mothers, that there is a an, uh, an oxytocin response inside of a baby who doesn't breastfeed on the father, but that response is still there with the skin-to-skin contact.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how do we get to those guys who are like right at the top who are maybe poo-pooing or creating some, you know, I'm sorry, this is an offensive term, but I'm going to use it. You know, calling guys a pussy because you want to go home and you want to be with your kids or you want to be with your wife, right? And you well, you're kind of going to miss out on that, uh, going to miss out on that advancement, you know, if you do take this. How do we talk to those guys? How do we get to those guys, gents? I really want to understand.
2: There's so many pieces to this stuff. I mean, Mm. you're you're exactly right to focus on those senior men. I'm glad you're starting there because I I think this is where it all begins. If Mm. you... We can talk about this all day at the junior level till we're blue in the face, but if my boss is not supporting this, uh, it's all uphill, right? right. So we, we need the CEOs, we need the senior vice presidents to be modeling this loudly and personally, and they have to put some real skin in the game here. So um, I am going to do, you know, Dave and I love this term because we heard this from some of the people we interviewed, they leave loudly. And so what I mean by that is these are senior guys who would, who would say, hey, I'm going to take the uh, next couple days because uh, you know, one of my kids is sick. I need to be home. Or I've got a thing at school today with one of my kids. I'm going to leave uh, for half a day. I'm going to leave early. They leave loudly versus sneaking out the back door and that too many men do that, right? Mm -hmm. We're ashamed. We're stigmatized. So we sneak out, we keep it low, low, low key. We don't want people to know we have domestic obligations. I got to start there. I got to leave loudly. How about having lots of pictures of your family in your office? How about letting kids intrude on your zoom meeting? If you normalize this it's okay for other people but the senior folks have got to normalize this i got a when i got a guy working for me who's i know that they're having a baby i got to ask the question this way when are you taking your full leave not are you going to take it the way that i the way that i ask that communicates something mm, yes. and and let's not forget that junior women this normalizes it for them when they have to take time away. If, if I'm assuming that men are gonna be carrying their load and encouraging that, it's normalizing it for women as well.
0: Love it, love it. Yeah. And Dove, uh, I think you mentioned some of that research, and I think this is important for, for senior men to recognize also that, again, um, it, it makes your dads, it makes them better employees, by the way. And the research is really clear on that, that it makes them better employees. So it's better for the organization. It's better for you as, as the boss. If you give them the, the opportunity to go do these things, to be the nurturer, to do the caregiving piece of it. And then, oh, by the way, it's, it's, this is what, this is to pay it forward for the next generation. Because these kids, we know our sons, when they see us as dads being all in equal allies, more inclusive perspective of gender roles. So when they get into the workplace, they're gonna look at work and life balance in a very different way. Their expectations are very different. And the research has already shown this, that you know, the the millennials and certainly now the Gen Z is having an effect, they're putting pressure on the workplace to they're questioning the policy and the practices really about how we do work today and how do we structure that. And then for our daughters, when they see us as dads doing this as well, more likely to persist, uh, in their careers, their career goals, and then go into n- more non-traditional professions and in industry. So if you're going to get the gender parity for our daughters, I mean we got to do our part.
1: Yeah, um I mean, I've always said that leadership is what we model, not what we say. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know you're your're allies for that equity starts at home and we've got to model that for our kids, for our daughters for our sons, you know, at home and exactly, you know, I know that you guys are aspirational in this work. I mean, you're wanting to make changes now, but there's also an aspiration to it. Um, What do you see? I mean, I think I believe that the pandemic and working from home and dads being at home on his, I mean, you know, I talked about this before uh, that, you know, we remember about two, three years ago, there was this great clip. It went viral. Uh, it was a YouTube clip of a remember. guy who was doing an interview with the BBC. And yeah. it, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Oh, the kid yeah. walked in and, and he you know, he's trying to be it. very British, and you know, and he's trying to do things, and then the other kid comes in, and then the nanny comes in and drags the kids out, and that was hysterical. And now that's normal. Yeah, you yeah. know, because of the pandemic and because of Zoom, it became normal. And I think that maybe. I I pray, because um, I did a piece around our addiction to normal, and I, I'm fearful, I will be honest, I'm fearful in this desire to get back to normal, that those things will become taboo again, as mm-hmm. opposed to saying, no, I have kids, right? Um, so what do you see as the future of work in the context, you know, of the aspiration of what you're doing? And even in a aftermath of a, of the a Zoom or remote world
2: of work. Yeah. Dave talks about this a lot. I'll let you yeah. kick off, Dave.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much to this that we, I think one of the, one of the things I always love to talk to le- senior leaders about is what have you learned about yourself as a leader and your company, your organization um, since the pandemic? Cause we have learned so much and I, because I feel, I feel like in some ways that, organizations and leaders are, are, are going to just kind of, you know, they're just going to jettison that. And it's, it's like, no, you learned a lot about yourself and your organization and what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So that going back to where we were pre pandemic, if you want to call that normal, Mm -hmm.
1: um, I don't, but sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I, I think you're doing a disservice to yourself, your organization, your customers, your clients out there. And, and uh, the stakeholders in your organization. So, you know, work from home or uh, flex work, uh, all of these things that again, remote work that used to be very stigmatized and seen as women's programs, right? These are, these are things that were there to enable women to be able to, to do paid work and be caregivers at the same time. Oh, by the way, guys had more access to these programs. It's one of the, the hidden secrets out there is because of the positions that we've been in, we had more access to these programs, but women use, you know, 10 more hours a week on average than men do on those programs. Well, I think we've we've torn we've pulled the curtain aside on that one. We all kind of know what that's all about now. And we know right. the advantages. And so going back, I think as we think about what we're, you know, not forcing, but but trying to leverage. Um, The things that the advantages of of all these different ways that we combine and create work, I think is really important. And one of my concerns, I think, is really is for industries and organizations that really prefer in some way or privilege the in-person piece is that those don't uh, become all about, again, that's about men going back in, in person, but women are not. Or, or particular mm. segments or groups of people, you know, again, because of the nature of their uh, their work that they're they're doing at home, uh, the the unpaid work, the unpaid labor, that that doesn't become another, you know, we don't create another chasm or inequ of inequity out there for a different group of people. The last piece of this, I think, well actually two pieces real quick. One is make sure that we disaggregate data as we see how it affects people. And I think this is one of the ones that came loud and clear in the US in particular, is we saw the, the millions of women who were forced out of the workforce. And again, if you if you just looked at that and said, okay, well that's women broadly, true. However, if you, do, if you disaggregate the data just a little bit, you see that most of that's women of color and in particular industries and professions and occupations and different roles. And so if you were going to target a solution, if you're the government or you're a corporation, you're trying to target a solution, you might miss the mark if you just Mm. targeted all women and not looking at women of color and their own particular experiences. And and part of this is caregiving. And I think this is the last piece of this, is that the United States has got to quit using women as a social safety net here. Um, and we've seen that, you know, through the pandemic, it's like, so what happens when, when you can't do this? Well, women go home and they and they're the social safety, net. they're the ones doing, you know, they give up their paid work, they give up their jobs, they're doing all this because they have to, because the guys are not. And so I think this is where we have got to as a country come together. And it's not a government issue solely, and it's not a corporate issue. solely. I think we have to work together. Because I think there are a lot of places where where companies at various levels can enact things on a, on a day-to-day basis right now that the government can't do. And then there's things from a policy perspective the government can be doing to help companies do this.
1: Yeah, I, I want to be optimistic, but I, my keyword is want. Uh, yeah, I too. want to be optimistic. Um, I also want to be optimistic about um, the U.S. becoming the country that I fell in love with Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because of an American dream um, where people could rise through the ranks. Um, You know, I I want to believe in in equality between races. I want to believe in that. But I also want to be very clear that I think that we have to be really aware that this is not an easy battle. We have to be aware that this is not something that's just going to happen. We have all got to stand up loudly. And if you guys, as you know, with a military background, with significant military backgrounds, um, can stand up for equity and equality and diversity across gender, across genders, um, uh, uh, all those kind of things, I think it's just vitally important for all of us to pay attention. And as I talked about in the last show that we did together, you know, one of the things that I've, I've loved about having military guests and speaking for the Air Force as I did was the way that they completely collapsed my bias and made me look at where I was biased and thinking, well, these guys, you know, they're very macho, not at all. And You know, we look to the military as a leadership model, and I think it's a really important, you know, what you guys are doing is a really important place for, you know, the corporate leaders who hold so much respect for military leaders to, well, then freaking pay attention, (laughs) read Athena Rising, read Good Guys, do the work, do the self-inquiry, and start stepping up to do a hell of a lot better job in creating this equality because if these guys with these backgrounds can be champions for women and being allies for women and for, and for equity across the board, it's time for all of us. So I really want to thank you both for that. Again, I said that last time, but I genuinely appreciate you both. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the work that you're doing. And, and I think it's vitally important as we come to the end. I, I always want to finish with two things. One, I want you to, again, tell, listeners where they can find more about you. but I also wanted you to um, give us one quick piece of guidance that each that each of the listeners can go away and do preferably right away, but certainly within maybe 24 hours. this is a practical step. Here's what I can do. What would that be?
2: So practical step for me. Um, you know, how about spend uh, 10 or 15 minutes this week? Um, asking a, if you're a male in particular, ask a junior woman in a perfect world, 10 years from now, what would you be doing? What would your life look like in your career? And how could I contribute, right? That humble sponsoring and listening, listen to her, discern her dream. Don't assume what she wants to do. And then ask how can I how can I open doors? How can I help network? How can I be part of the solution to getting you there?
1: Love it. Okay. How can I contribute? How can I open doors? Love it.
2: Yeah, and in addition to developing your self awareness, so
0: as you de- as you get an understanding and develop some empathy about how other people experience the workplace differently, develop your situational awareness too. Right. So put it into practice and start have a list of questions when you're going into spaces like meetings. And that could be virtual or in person, and ask those questions about all right, well, who was included? Who got invited? Who got to see the table? Who's speaking? Who's getting interrupted three times as often? And who's having their ideas appropriated? You know, when women have their ideas stolen by guys out there. And then think about what can I do right to stop that, to disrupt that in the moment, right there and then in the everyday practices that we have.
1: I love it. Thank you, gents. It's been a pleasure and honor. Please tell our, our listeners where they can find out more about you. And all the wonderful things that you do and your books and all those things.
2: Yeah. So look for us at workplaceallies.com. Uh, go to workplaceallies.com. You'll find out what we're up to, what we're writing about, and where we're speaking.
1: Fabulous. We'll definitely make sure that that is posted in the show notes so that people can uh, find more about you. Again, My sincere gratitude to both of you. Thank you for being with us. I hope you'll stay with us to the end. And for you, dear listener, remember that you can hang out with other conscious leaders. You can chat about this episode or any of our past episodes inside of our Facebook or LinkedIn groups. Just look for the Leadership and Loyalty Podcast. It doesn't matter how successful you are if your employees and your customers don't understand what gives your company meaning. You're only working at a fraction of your capability. To find out more about how you can hire me, Dov Baron, as a speaker or leadership strategist for yourself or your organization, simply go to DovBaron.com because unified, actualized meaning is the one single monolithic difference between mediocrity and greatness for individuals and companies. I want to thank you for sharing the show with everyone you know. Till next time, stay curious, my friend. Stay curious about how you can shine the light on those around you how you can step back a little bit and not steal the light, but share the light, be an advocate, be an ally, and be there for every diversity that there possibly is in your organization. But maybe let's start, really start, by being loud advocates for women. I'm Dov Barron. I'm here to assist you tapping into your deepest meaning to reach that next level of clarity, focus, purpose, and profit in your business, your life, and your leadership impact and I am out This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suitradio.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?